We all want to grow our business. But remember, the higher you grow, the further you may fall. How far? How about losing 80% of your business? With millions on the line, Jim Gilbride shares his story next. This is a dash of grit. Recipes for success from courageous leaders who overcome challenges and build great things. Now, podcasting from Spire to leaders in local communities like yours, here is Brian Leflock. And let's get cooking. You know, I think uh, when people think about entrepreneurs, they're thinking of one of two things. And quite often, I think they're thinking of the crazy person, person in the basement uh, office trying to come up with some kind of a invention or a tool or whatever they're going to do to satisfy their, their big dreams. And too often, they don't think about the big business that started in those small uh, uh, spaces. And uh, and I don't think, Jim, that you started in a, in a basement. You may have, but uh, you started something pretty big uh, from something pretty small. So folks out there, we are going to talk with Jim Gilbride. He is the one of the founders and general managers uh, from Buckeye Distributing. He's also currently the president of Focus CFO and currently on the Board of Education at Cuyahoga Valley Career Center. I am so thrilled and excited for him to tell you the story. Jim Gilbride, welcome to A Dash of Grit. Brian, it's my pleasure to be here. Thank you for the invitation and uh, look forward to this time together. Yeah, me too. And I and uh, I can't wait to get into the grit of this because I've heard just a little bit of your story and I can't wait to hear more. But first, Jim, before we get gritty, let's talk about the good times. Let's talk about success and, and things that you're proud of that you've accomplished either in your current position with CFO um, or, uh, or things at Buckeye Distributing. Tell us what you're proudest of and what success means to you. Well, um, Success, I mean, to get to that first, Brian, is all about the people. And I think success is just helping people reach their goals, sustain their families. That's why we do this, right? You know, yeah, do we make money? Sure. But what do you use that money for? So I think it's all about the people as far as success. And I would tell you, I'm in a great place right now as uh, one of the area presidents at Focus CFO. And this is the best gig I've ever had. We have the, the pleasure of working with uh, privately held businesses. I've got a great team of resources that we bring in, and we help business owners figure it out. You know, uh, you mentioned uh, entrepreneurs. We work with them every day. Mm-hmm. You know, people think this being a business owner stuff is easy, and, and the reality <laughs> is it's just plain not. It's hard. And, you know, it's it starts out pretty simple and, and we'll talk about this. And, you know, as I, I think back at Buckeye, you know, early on, I, I got some product we were selling and I'd throw it in a van and I'd go sell it, you know, and that was simple. Right. And you had a few a few invoices, no big deal. And then you start adding people and you start adding more processes and it gets complex pretty quick. And so how does a business owner, an entrepreneur expected to know all of this? And then you start getting into the government issues. You got to pay tax and you got to have HR policies and, and you're expected to do so much. And, uh, you know, where do you turn for help? And, and the team we have and what we can do with business owners is it's just very, very gratifying. It helps people build sustainable value in their organization. It helps businesses grow, which helps the community. So I just love what we do. Um, it's it's just great fun and really, really gratifying. 
Yeah, so. and I know I know how well you do it, and I know that uh, the folks that are are currently working with you enjoy the services, and so that's got to feel good as you're helping those folks to grow. And we, we were talking a little bit about Buckeye Distributing, and tell me about the success level there. You you left that company to join Focus CFO. How did you end up leaving Buckeye Distributing? Well, it, it was a it was a wild ride, Brian. Uh, we had a very strong brand uh, that took us literally from zero to just shy of a hundred million. They decided they would go, uh, they would self-distribute. So they took the product after 10 years. So we went from about a hundred to 15 million in 30 days. We regrew that business back to about 40, uh, got it back to profitability, but it was a much different business. So we actually divested. Uh, we mm-hmm. sold what we could and shut down the rest. And, uh, so at that point, I was ready to find something else to do. And I had three people to tell me to go talk to these guys at Focus. And that's how you joined Focus. And so I'm really excited to hear because I think a lot of times people think of entrepreneurial growth and they think of small and then they think it just happens and then it just stays great, right? Once we've built it, it just you just got to ride the, the, the happy train right off into retirement. And it's just not the case. And you're going to share that story about uh, starting small, huge success, and then you needed to do a lot of grit to build it back up. That's the other thing an entrepreneur can't do. He can't just accept failure. Otherwise, he's not an entrepreneur. He's got to build it back up. And so let's talk about that. Let's get into the grit here, uh, Jim. Share with me some stories uh, about about some of the hurdles that you overcame um, in Buckeye Distributing. Well, you know, as I kind of mentioned, we had a brand that took us everywhere, Brian. And so our biggest challenge early on was just kind of hanging on. We had to recruit people. We had to gain access into retail establishments, uh, but the product was really in high demand. So, you know, how do you create the structure to ensure that uh, people can do the job they need to to do? We can get the product to our customers on time. You know, we can make sure that our people aren't stealing from us. I can tell you some stories, you know, about some of that kind of fun stuff. We had, I bet. We had guys in truck delivering product and collecting cash in a lot of cases. So well, let's talk about that real quick. Talk about the startup. You, it was it was you and two others doing the founding. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're in business with an established brand. So what does that feel like to, to have to ramp up to satisfy that need that quickly? It's like drinking water from a fire hose. You know, it was great because I found myself very quickly moving to the back room and, you know, I volunteered to keep the checkbook. And so, you know, I had to figure out how to lease space. I had to figure out how to get the bank to work with us and and loan us some money. I had to, you know, so I'm learning all these things, HR issues and how do we do payroll and how do we pay our taxes and just all of this stuff that, you, you don't even think about when you're starting business. Did and you make so, some mistakes in that? Was it high, Were you no, doing the right, hiring and things? Perfect. You we, were we perfect. We were perfect every, every step of the way, right? <laughs> what was the hardest thing about learning all those new things at once and wearing all those hats? What was the, what was the hardest thing you had to overcome? Um, you know, that's a great, I never viewed it as hard because when you're doing that and you're going with your hair on fire, you have a lot of energy, right? And it's, you know, we were younger, my kids were young. So they, you know, it was work, work, work. And it was always something new. So Mm -hmm. I I don't, I guess it's just, you know, trying to manage time, trying to keep everything 
in a in a consistent path moving forward, finding the right people to advise you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. where do you find those people? We moved from one attorney to another. Fortunately, we were with the same accounting firm for 20 some years, you know, that that kind of stuff. But advisors were tough along the way. And this kind of set me up for the focus activity. I joined a Vistage group, which many of your listeners might recognize as a a CEO peer group, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, my Vistage group told me, you know, that I needed some help. And so they suggested I hire a part-time CFO to come in and help us. Um, So I think just getting smart people around you to help you understand what you don't know. Um, Because let's face it, we all don't know a lot, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's for sure. Did you have, uh, so, so you've got the, you're putting it together and you're getting it done and you're struggling through and on the way. And all of a sudden you're starting to get some growth. Did you? take the foot off the brake? Did you push for more? Was it tough to take it to the next level? Tell me about the growth of the company. It uh, Was it tough? Of course it's tough. You're finding the people. The people yeah. are the hardest part, right? You know, we would migrate from one backroom system. We started on QuickBooks and we moved up to a bigger system. We moved to a third system. That gets challenging. You know, we went from paper invoices to handheld computers with digital signature capture. So you got to figure out all that technology. But along the way, all of those things are manageable if you have the right team and if you have smart people and the right people and the people that are buying into the mission. And unfortunately, that's not always the case. Um, You get people at different places in life that aren't quite ready for a mission, you know, they're just working for a paycheck. That's okay. But the the people are by far the hardest issue to constantly stay in front of and stay on top of. What were you able to do and implement to try to make sure that you always had the the right people and the right seats on the, on the right bus? Was there anything special that you tried to do on an ongoing basis? Yeah. I mean, you know, as I said at the beginning, success is all about the people. So, you know, we tried to teach, treat our people well, you know, we put in bonus plans, we put in profit sharing plans, we put in healthcare plans. You know, you, you try to do those things. You 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 bring in your management team and you open the kimono, if you will, and and you show them how the business is doing, and you you try to help them grow as people. And if you can move them up your organization, that's great. If you can't, how can I help them? Even if they have to step out at some point in time, but. You have to stay focused on the people, I, I think, is the key. And, and you know, you, you have to treat everyone the same legally, but you got to interact with them individually. So yeah. uh, understanding their needs and goals is the tough part. It's tough and, and almost vitally important to keep that culture right. And a lot of times when entrepreneurs grow a business, they hit ceilings, don't they? They they hit ceilings where they can't spend enough money to make enough money. They can't save enough money to make any, like, tell me, did you have meteoric rise right to the top or did you yeah. hit and bump those ceilings <laughs> along the way? And t- if so, I'm assuming they're ceilings. And tell, tell me they some are. more about those if you can. Well, no, I mean, we went crazy. We went zero, 3 million, 10 million, 25 million in the first four years. Okay. And so, I mean, okay. it was literally just hold on for dear life. But it's, you can grow yourself out of business just as quickly as you can run out of money if your business is headed down. So, 
you got to always keep your eye on that cash flow. And that's one of the things we learned. Too many times in this role at Focus, we see businesses and business owners are full speed ahead typically. They're uh, entrepreneurs are charged, charged the hill, right? We're going to grow this business. Well, if you're growing your business and you're not making more money at the bottom, stop growing the darn business. Hmm. Figure that bottom line. It's not about the top line. It's about the bottom line. But that's not always the mentality. And, you know, at some point, you got to reinvest in the business. So you maybe got to look at it instead of just looking at net profit. What's the value of my enterprise? What's the value of my business worth? And so that's a tough transition for a business owner to say, I'm making a lot of money. This is great. But I'm I'm my business, right? I do everything here. Well, you're never going to get a value back out of that of a business that you're you're it. You've got to build and be able to put people in places to do the things that maybe you're not as good at. You know, get yourself to the highest value of yourself for the business, um, and let other people help you build that that business into an entity. So that's one of the big challenges we face at Focus. At, at, the, at Buckeye, my partners and I struggled because we built the business on the one brand, but we always knew that we were exposed, right? I mean, that's a huge risk and, and it played out. Mm. So the question was, we're making a lot of money. Do we just keep riding this horse or do we begin to diversify and build a business? So did you know, is that a lesson you learned because of what happened to you at Buckeye Distributing? Or did you know and kind of foresee what was going to happen? Or did you just stay on the ride and wait for it to end? What was the, we're going to talk, well, I want to talk more about actually what happened, but I'm interested in kind of what you learned uh, from what happened. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you first off, you stay on the ride, right? I mean, no it, matter what, the ride's so, going, man, you're, you're not getting off. Yeah. <laughs> but the the constant discussion with my two partners and I, and I'm, I don't remember exactly when it started, probably five, six years in, it was, you know, this is great, but all good things come to an end. And that's okay if we recognize that and we build the business knowing that it could end shortly. Or do we begin to diversify and add more products and, and create a business that's got, that reduces the risk of everything being tied to that one vendor? And so that's what we began to do. You know, uh, initially we got into some some wine product and we we sold wine and we had this this non-alcoholic brand that was taking us places and then we began to add some other brands. Um, but be, that's where things get complicated, right? Yeah. And, and so I, I cannot hold back the anticipation anymore. I want to hear what happened. You built this company up to $90 million and then... Uh, it hit the the tsunami hit. Let let's talk about that and and, and tell me what happened. And this, I'll, you know, some things you never forget in life, right? So, we had an appointment on our calendar to meet with this vendor probably sixty days in advance, which was unusual. Okay, but didn't register right away. And we had a meeting on the twenty eighth of December. They were coming to our office to meet with my partners and I. My partners were in Columbus. I was up here in Northeast Ohio. It's the holidays. We're talking on the phone constantly, right? 
And at some point it was like, hey guys, do I need to come down there for this meeting or can you guys handle it? And they're like, no, we can take care of it. And I had two partners down there. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't at the meeting, but um, apparently my two partners who sat right next to each other sat in their offices were talking that morning and said, well, if so-and-so gets out of the car, we're in trouble. And -and so-and-so got out of the car. So-and-so got out of the car, right? And, um, oh you know, the, the contract we had with them was a 30 day contract and they walked in and they told us they were pulling the contract and, and that, that was the end. And, you know, that was what the contract said. And they, they gave us a little bit of a severance situation and offer. And, you know, so my partners called me on the phone and said, uh, you know, we're done. Done. <laughs> and that was kind of my response, Brian. It was Really? You're just, kidding me, right? Just silence. Like pulling my leg. And they were like, no, Jim, we're not. So what percentage of your company at that point was that? What percentage of your revenue? Uh, 82%. Oh I mean, it was huge. For a $90 million company. Right. So we went from 90 to 14. And maybe my math isn't quite there, but like that. Know, boom. Yes. So how did um, that make you feel? I'm interested in that phone call. You hung up the phone. Then what happened to Jim Gilbride at that moment? Well, you get the, you know, kind of an empty, cold feeling, right? And, you know, what what do we do next? And, you know, I went in and my wife worked at home at the time and, and you know, talked to her and gave her the news. And How'd that go? You know, um, fine. Uh, frankly, she she's terrific the whole time. Yeah, so yeah. that, you know, it's, it's well, what are we going to do? And it's like, well, I don't know yet. Right. Um, what was your fear? What were your options? What could you do at that point? You built the company. You knew what you were doing. Right. That's a huge hit. Well, unfortunately, we had begun diversifying, so we had a base of additional product. It wasn't anywhere near enough to support the overhead load, but we also had a customer base that was tremendous. So, you know, the first thing we did was we pulled in our advisors. We we got ourselves in a room. We got our attorney. We got our accountant. You know, we got our risk people in a room and we looked at what our assets were and what our options were. And, you know, we created some, some business models to say, okay, we were fortunate. We had some, we had some backstops. We had some insurance in place. So we knew we had a pile of cash. And, you know, we put our business models together. We outlined if we could get back to $40 million at X margin, we felt like we could push the business over the top and keep pushing. So that's what we decided to do. Back to the drawing board. Pretty much. And, you know, we spent a good two, three weeks going through all of that over and over. And we sat in a room with our advisors and my two partners and I voted and, you know, we voted to push on. So at that point, it was a race to see, could we get the profitability before the money ran out? Mm-hmm. That's what mm-hmm. the race was. Mm-hmm. And it, it, It's interesting to me that entrepreneurial success isn't just about managing the success. You know, there, there's hurdles and, and problems and, and pitfalls that you just have to figure a way out of. And you can't go back, right? That's that's no. the whole definition of entrepreneurism. You are, by definition, the guy that pushes it forward. There's never another option. Well, there's no surrender, right? Yeah. You know, 
And, and, but it's interesting because one of the lessons we learned, you said you can't go back, but you know, one of the lessons we learned was go back and look at what we had in the business when we were 14 million the first time. And, you know, we didn't have certain things at that point. Well, we had too much overhead. We couldn't completely go back to that level, but we could, you know, we saw some ways that we could cut out some expense, right? And so that was that was pretty interesting. And I, I lost my train of thought on something else, but the, 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 the other observation I will make for you today, looking back on it, was we had mitigated our risk along the way. We had, I mentioned we had an insurance product that insured the contract. That's a story for another day because it didn't go exactly the way we wanted it to. <laughs> okay. um, we had diversified the business with other products. We had created a delivery platform that allowed us to add more products. So we had begun to mitigate our risk, you know, not to say that we expected it because we didn't, but we were preparing to continue to grow the business. So we were in a good place as far as being able to take the next step. And, you know, I'm happy to say that the very next year we went from 14 to 24 million. You know, we, we brought in product. I mean, anything we could throw our against the wall, we brought it in. And the long and the short of this was four years, two, three, three years, three and a half years, we got back to 40 which is where we needed to be, right? And, and we got back to profitability. Now, the same time we got back to profitability, we pretty much ran out of money too. Sure. So, <clears throat> so we were still in a tough spot. And it was also at that point that we recognized the business was different. You know, the complexity was, was dynamically different. We went from about 300 SKUs at 90 million to about 2,500 SKUs at mm. 40 million. You know, I would literally get to the work some days as early as two in the morning, jump in a truck, drive to Cincinnati, offload some product, pick up some product, drive to Columbus, offload product, pick up product, drive back to Cleveland, be back by noon, and then work all afternoon in the office. So, you know, there became a quality of life conversation of this is crazy. It's, you know, it's not what we wanted. It's not what we had originally signed up for. So that's when we made the decision. We're going to, we're going to divest and, and sell what we can and, and pull the plug on the rest and go find something else to do. And then you found something else to do. And I, and I think that's the perfect, perfect time to kind of talk about the transition into the next success, because I think that's another thing that just defines folks that do this kind of work is that you just don't quit. You're just not beatable. You, you find a way to succeed. And so that happened, huge success, and then another level of success, and now moving on. Tell me a little bit about the moving on as you, as you uh, switched careers. Sure. No, I'm, it, you know, it, uh, so I found myself 55 years old. You know, we had made a lot of money. We had lost a lot of money. Um, so nobody was going hungry at our house, but we weren't ready to ride off into the sunset financially or mentally. Right. Mm -hmm. And I also happened to have a young child who was just beginning kindergarten at the time. So I'm not going anywhere. Nope. Um, 55 ex business owner, not really interested in corporate America. And frankly, I don't think corporate America would have been too excited about me either. 
So, you know, entrepreneurial spirit, I was looking for something to get involved in. And I had three people tell me to go talk to a gentleman named Brad Martin, who's the creator of Focus CFO. And at the time, Brad was looking for a sales-oriented entrepreneurial type to help him retrench in Northeast Ohio with the Focus CFO brand. And Focus CFO, we didn't really discuss it earlier, is a fractional CFO service. So very simply put, we recruit very senior financial executives, people that have worked in industry 20 to 25 years, and then we bring them into small business on a part-time recurring basis. So typically it's a day a week kind of an engagement. So anyways, I went to meet with Brad. And if you remember, I made mention earlier that my Vistage group suggested I hire a part-time CFO. So I was the poster child for what Focus CFO does. I lived it as a business owner. And so I talked with Brad. Number one, I really liked the man. Um, High quality, moral individual. The business model makes perfect sense to me. Uh, he was looking for someone to get in at a ground level to help him grow the business. And so I joined him. I, I said, yeah, let's, let's take a shot at this, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's funny. He'll tell you the story. He goes, cause he reached out to me and, and connected with me. And he said, he wasn't trying to sell me. He was trying to find out if I knew anyone that would be interested or that could do what he was looking for. And, and he's asking me this question and I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> well, Gosh, Brad, I, I think I could probably do it. I can do that, yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, it was um, it, it turned it was great. And at the time, we had one CFO here in Northeast Ohio, and I want to say we had three accounts. And today, six years later, we have four other area presidents. We're the business development side, and we have twenty-one CFOs, and we're currently in about 65, 70 businesses here in Northeast Ohio, and. I've had the pleasure and the privilege of working with probably 30 or 35 businesses over the last six years to really just help them understand their business, get better granular information to make better decisions and help the business owner create sustainable value so that there's something there for them, you know, when it does come time for them to walk away from the business. Because whether you do it on your terms or somebody else's terms, you will walk away from your business. Yeah. Oh, always. I, I like to say along the same lines, every single customer we've ever earned, and you're kind of proof of this, will leave. Yeah. You know, either we're going to shut down the lights or they are, but you know, you nothing lasts forever. And and so it's important to keep that plan in place. I, I feel like I'm talking to a human roller coaster because I've watched you grow and then fall and then grow again. And I hope it stays growth, but I'm, I'm interested in this and I'm just the messenger. Don't kill the messenger with this question. <laughs> Do you consider, I know you consider CFO a success because you're at the top of the wave and you're, and you've got more growth. Do you consider your efforts and what you did with Buckeye distributing a success or a failure? Oh no, that's a huge success. How so? Because you made 90, you lost 70, you made 40 and sold. Why is that successful? Well, uh, the education first and foremost, um, you know, I learned so much doing that and putting that business together and, 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 you know, that my experience with our bank alone is, you know, just invaluable. So the, first of all, the, the experience, uh, the learning, the time frame. I mean, these two guys, my partners were two guys I knew from high school. Um, huh. 
So the quality of the time we spent together, fabulous. The lifestyle we were able to lead for those years, it's absolute huge success. Never traded. I Wonderful. love that. I love that because the definition of success, again, is what can what, what, what are you doing with your family? What are you doing with your life? What have you learned? What right. are you accomplishing? It's not always about top line, bottom line success, is it? Correct. No, I'd love not that. at all. You know, I that's love that what lesson. allows you to do all the rest of the stuff that makes life worth living. Right, Brian? Yeah, that's exactly right. And so let's talk about then the next step. So I love, I knew, I knew when I asked it, if I didn't offend you with the question, you were going to yeah. give me the the answer that I think the world needed to hear. And so that's good. I'm interested in what's next. So you're at, at Focus CFO, you're building this business. There's going to be opportunities for grit coming up. Uh, where are you going to need to show some extra grit here moving forward? Well, so, you know, I've had the privilege again of being in at a very early point with Focus. I mean, Brad had the business started in 2001, but when I joined in 15, there was about 20 to 25 of us in the organization, Uh, primarily Columbus, just starting in Northeast Ohio. Today, we're in Northeast Ohio, we're in Northwest Ohio, Detroit, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Indianapolis, Charlotte, Nashville, soon to be in Louisville. So we've had we've had a great time creating the business model, creating the communication style to the business owner, uh, developing the internal talent, identifying how to identify additional people to join the organization. And so now our challenge is, you know, can we grow? Can we serve? Currently, we serve about 220 clients. Can we serve 500? Mm. You know, can we go beyond 500 and serve a thousand? Uh, so, you know, yeah, we have a lot of growth plans. And, uh, you know, I'm fortunate I work in the business as well as my book of business here in Northeast Ohio. So I help our new business development people come on board and get them up to speed and, and get them successful. So Wonderful. lots, lots to do still. Lots to do. And let, let's help you do that a little bit. If someone is out there and wants to reach out to you and has questions about uh, fractional CFO opportunities within their company, or they're going through an entrepreneurial stage and they heard something in your story and they would just like to talk to you about that. Would you share some information on how people could reach out to you? Absolutely, Brian. Love to talk to uh, any business owner, just to chat with them and and learn what they're going through and see if we can help. You can, I can be reached. My email is j.gilbride, and Gilbride is G-I-L, B as in boy, R-I-D as in dog, E as in Edward, j.gilbride at focuscfo.com. And feel free to reach out, and you can reach me at 216-244-7355, or take a look at our website at focuscfo.com. Excellent. Thank you for sharing that. And I hope people will reach out to you, especially for those uh, those services that you offer at Focus CFO, because I think they're fantastic. I know just a little bit about it, but anytime, and that's what my company does a little bit too. If, you, if you're able, ever able to outsource uh, to professional opportunities, as opposed to maybe you don't need a full-time or you know things of that sort and, and had a team at your disposal instead of one, it's always a good idea to, to reach out. So hopefully people will do that. That's kind of my quick commercial for Spire too. We talked, Jim, a lot about growth. My company helps companies grow. Um, a lot of times it's about marketing and about growth through uh, some of the marketing strategies that are out there and how to implement them best. So we have a team of people that can come alongside businesses and help them grow too. So if you are 
are out there listening and interesting in that kind of thing, uh, let me know. I am Brian at SpireAd.com. That's Brian with a Y at SpireAd.com. Thank you to Jim Girlbride. He's the area president at Focus CFO here in the Cleveland region. And uh, Jim, I really appreciate your sharing your story, your vulnerability, your success after uh, after troubles, and uh, and a dash of grit with our listeners. Brian, it's been my pleasure. Appreciate the invitation and uh, look forward. If we can help anybody, love to chat with them. So appreciate it. Thanks again. Perfect. And thank you. And to everyone out there listening, this has been Dash of Grit. Uh, We do this once a week. Until next time, go do something great and win the day. This is a Dash of Grit. Recipes for success from courageous leaders who overcome challenges and build great things. 